Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, no commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a, book a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. But I felt like there was this big gaping hole in the middle. Yeah. We're missing this the whole middle ground yeah i wanted to cover the facts i wanted to cover the feelings but we need to get down and dirty we need to get in the weeds and talk about all the the things parents worry about tired weary frustrated what would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone what's stopping you from living your best life now on solo mom's talk I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle it's hard to keep your head above the water. So win this fight. So I have um, Kelly Raddy, who as I have that right, right? Yep. Raddy, yep. Okay. Kelly is a speaker and an author and I really enjoy speaking with her and we're just going to talk. She's not a solo mom, but she knows she's written a book about parenting teenagers and also she empowers women, mothers. So Kelly, welcome. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Excited to be here. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So first of all, I'm going to ask, are you a mother? I probably should have asked you that first. Yes, ma'am. I am a proud mother of two adult daughters. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have daughters who are 21 and 24. Mm -hmm. So all you moms out there, if if you've lived through it or gone through it with your kids, I probably have too. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. raising kids is not for the faint of heart. No. So yeah, that's good. I have three sons, three adult sons. Tell me about, tell me something that was very difficult, very challenging for you as mother, as a mother of daughters. Ooh, as mother of daughters, you know, I, so my, my best friend is like you, she's a mom of three boys. 
And so we would always compare notes and mm-hmm. you know, some people say boys are harder. Some people say girls are harder. I say it's not a competition no. <laughs> <laughs> and we all have, have good days and bad days. And our kids also have good days and bad days. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I was fortunate and then I, I do have a, a partner mm-hmm. to help me. However, he was building a business in the younger days and also worked another job, actually two other jobs, um, in order for me to be able to try and stay home to raise our kids. So I did some side gigs, but wasn't officially employed outside of the house. And I got to tell you, those were some long, hard days. And you couldn't ask for sympathy because people would say, you're so lucky. You get to be an at-home mom. You're so lucky. What they didn't realize is I was I was lucky. Don't I don't discredit that. But like many of you solo moms out there, I didn't get a break because he would go from one job to the next to the next. Fortunately, he was helping us financially. But ninety plus percent of the the child rearing really fell on me. Yeah, and I remember those days so well where. I didn't know if it was, you know, spit up or cereal on my collar <laughs> and, uh, and just going from, I always say you go from in the moment it's hard and it's long and it's work. And yes, you enjoy the, the baby kisses and yes, the, the, the little things, but it's hard work. And anybody yes. who does it otherwise, I always like to steal the, the saying, I think it's from the military, but mothering is the toughest job you'll ever love. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's yeah. really statement, the toughest job you love. I think that's mothering. I really do. That being said now, and you could, you could probably uh, chime in on this one, but when you look back from a distance, when you're not in the middle of it, now it seems like we went from diapers to diplomas to adulthood in the blink of an eye. Yeah. So the, the moments are long, but in hindsight, it goes really quickly. Yeah. Mm. Yes, it's true. I mean, you, 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 one day you're dying for them to reach 18. <laughs> so you spend the first year, you know, trying to get them to walk and talk. Yes. And then I think you spend the next several years trying to get them to sit down and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Very true. Very true. Wow. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So you are a mother and you're also an author. Yes. And tell me why you wrote that book, Out to Sea, right? Yep. Parent Survival <laughs> Guide mm-hmm. to the Freshman Voyage. Tell me about that. So I always knew someday I wanted to write a book. And I did, I did, like I said, I was home with the girls for their younger years. And then I did start working outside of the home after mm-hmm. some years. And, uh, but deep down, I always said, someday I want to be my own boss. I want to have my own business and I want to write a book someday, someday, someday. I didn't know what the book title was going to be. Okay. I just knew that someday I had always been a writer and I wanted to write a book. And actually it was, it was, um, my husband who kind of gave me the kick in the pants I needed, so to speak, he said, Kelly, he goes, when someday? <laughs> and I kind of looked at him and I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, you keep saying someday I'm going to write a book. When is someday? Sounds like Tony Robbins. <laughs> yeah, right. And I said, well, I guess when our baby graduates from high school and, and he looks at me and, and I, he is a very direct man. And he said, <laughs> you're not getting any younger. <laughs> and I said, well, he goes, do it now. Don't wait. 
do it now, do it while it's in your heart. And so I did, I started writing and, and it was when our oldest daughter, her name is Brooke, when she was in high school, kind of starting the college search, looking, Mm -hmm. looking at colleges and what that might look like. She knew she wanted to go. That's when I started looking for the guidebook. Now, I don't know about you moms listening, but I was one who raised my kids on the what to expect when you're expecting series. Um, It's a book called what to expect when you're expecting. And I mean, I could tell you when our our babies in utero were the size of a grape. I could tell you when they grew fingernails. I mean, it was my like pregnancy guide. And then there was what to expect the toddler years. That was my toddler mom guide. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm like, where's the guidebook now? I'm, I felt like I was right back in that, oh no, now what stage. And I looked for books and I found some, a lot of the books written for parents, you know, about the launching your kids off to college or life after high school were written by East Coast University president on sabbatical or somebody in higher level administration at a college Mm-hmm. And great information, facts and figures and statistics. Although I have to say a lot of them were written at a very academic level, kind of a high level. Um, again, good information. I'm not bashing the books, just not in the tone of voice I was looking for. Mm-hmm. On the other extreme, there were lots of lovely faith-based devotionals for moms of Mm -hmm. teens and young adults. And so that, you know, the first batch of books by the college folks were, were all the, the hard facts and and figures, whereas these devotions were all about the feelings. But I felt like there was this big gaping hole in the middle. Yeah. We're missing this, the whole middle ground. (laughs) I wanted to cover the facts. I wanted to cover the feelings, but we need to get down and dirty. We need to get in the weeds and talk about all the the things parents worry about, all the things that kept us awake at night. Mm -hmm. And so really it was our daughter starting the process that made me go, I'm going to write the book I'm looking for. And that is exactly how Out to Sea a parent survival guide to the <laughs> freshman voyage was born. Right. And I wrote it while we were experiencing it. And, and my goal for, for you moms who are reading it is that you feel like you are sitting down with me at my dining room table, having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, depending on the time of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and that you are able to ask questions and, and feel like you're being honored in a mom to mom voice, somebody who's done it, somebody who will give it to you straight And and cover both the emotions as well as the practical aspects of, of not only of of preparing your student Mm -hmm. in the high school years, launching your student as you're doing it. And then how do you care for you and your family after the fact? Right. So I haven't read your book yet, but there are a couple of things I wanted to ask because I actually have a friend whose um, daughter is headed to college Uh and Based on some things I've heard, my question to you is, one, how involved should a parent be in helping their child through the process of applying for college, getting financing, you know, that kind of thing? That would be my first question. Okay, okay. You know, it's it's so, it's one of the biggest questions I get because, to be honest, the students, the kids, we can call them kids because we're the moms, they 
don't have all the answers to do it. As much as you, there's some people who think, well, they're 18, they ought to be able to take care of it. Unless we have taught them some of these things, they're mm-hmm. not going to know how. I would encourage, you mentioned finance, I would encourage the, the parent and the student to sit down together and go through some of that paperwork. It's a great learning tool. Because mm-hmm. uh, honestly, the parents are going to be learning some of that to fill out the financial aid forms and the applications. Um, doing that part together Because you know what? It's going to teach our students, our kids to ask us about taxes and financing. It opens up a great conversation on student loans. Because honestly, if we don't teach our kids about the implications of taking out huge numbers in loans, they're not going to understand that they have to pay them back. Right. (laughs) And I just think that's something that High schools just haven't taught and don't have the time to teach or for whatever reason, it does fall in our parenting responsibilities to teach our students about the financial aspects. I do have a whole chapter in the book on day-to-day finances, meaning how to talk to your child about credit cards and debit cards and, and what are the implications of taking out loans? What's the difference between a loan and a grant? That Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So if you take away anything from this moms start talking with your kids about money years before you think you need to start talking to your kids about money. Yeah. (laughs) And it will help them make better decisions on day-to-day money management moving forward. So that's one piece of it. Um, In terms you asked about helping them through processes, applications, college applications, a lot of it's online. They certainly need to do it there's no reason for a parent to write out an essay for them. <laughs> it's okay if they want to run it by you and have you proofread it, but right. it still needs to be their work. Right. And um, I would say this is an interesting year, obviously with, with 2020 and the pandemic and everything looks a little differently. If you've got a student going into the college application process, things are kind of moving right now. I firmly believe that the essays are as important as ever because they're, that's how they're going to get to know your student and their character and what makes them different. And I I think that's a huge aspect of the application. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, That helps a lot too. It's a hard and scary time for parents. Mm -hmm. And that's the other place is, is moms. You want to, Give your kiddos some grace because even though they're excited and they might be going, yeah, yeah, I'm going to college or I'm, I'm done with high school, I'm moving on. Deep down inside, they're scared. Yeah. They might seem like they have it all figured out. And, and there's a kind of a joke out there about how, I don't know if any of you have seniors or heading off to college that are getting a little bucky right now. <laughs> it, the joke is soiling the nest, which I know is gross, but it's almost sometimes easier to, to fly away a little mad than sad. And, and, and I think they're so busy trying to figure out who they are, right. what they stand for. And underneath it all, they might be excited, but they're scared. Yeah. Not willing to admit it. Right. And, and likewise, moms are scared. Yes. It's hard to let go and you're yeah. not alone with that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I, I think one thing I'm 
figuring out is that they're not just scared. They're also clueless. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're just Mm -hmm. basically clueless and it's it's Mm -hmm. not a put down. It's just the way it is. An observation. Um, So, yeah. And and the amount of maturing and growth that happens between that 18 to 22 age frame Mm -hmm. is mind blowing. Yes. (laughs) the, The same kid you drop off the first day of their their first year, their freshman year, mm-hmm. is not the same kid who comes home the next right. day. Right, it's true. There's so much growth and maturing. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I also wanted to touch on your encouragement for mothers, parents, and, and what we go through at times. One, with the guilt, guilt, we go through guilt, and different stages. And we go through um, this thing where we blame ourselves for everything because we're so powerful that we have all this influence <laughs> that, you know, we, we can make our kids do or not do things. So tell me how you feel about that statement. Okay. <laughs> well, don't you think we have so much of our own identity wrapped up in the success of our children. <laughs> For sure. Whatever we define success is. Yes. I think I think so much of, of this experience is learning to let go. And it's it's easier said than done. One of the questions I get, this is another side note for those of you who have students who may be actually moving to a campus this year, moving away from home. Um, the question I get is how much do I contact my student? How much do I call my kid? Mm. What, how much is too much? What's the, what's the magic number? And uh, for those of you listening, I'm going to give you the inside scoop on this. <laughs> there is no magic number. Right. It's different for every family. It's different for every parent-child relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so for some, it might mean a nightly goodnight text. For others, it might mean... Uh, uh, once or twice a week phone call or Zoom call. I'm so old. When I went to college, I was a first-generation college student. And when I went to college, I'm so old, we actually waited in line in the basement because it was a land line and it was in the basement of the dorm and you had to wait your turn. But you waited till Sunday night because the rates were cheaper. (laughs) That dates me a little bit, doesn't it? But now with today's technology, essentially our kids are running around with us in their butt pockets. Yeah. True. On their back of their jeans, yes. on their phones, yes. we are one speed dial away, which is good news and bad news. It remind me to come back to that in a, in a minute. But <laughs> okay. what I did want to say was just how much is too much. You have to decide what works for you. But what experts suggest is have a conversation about it. Communicate, mm-hmm. communicate, communicate, and ask your student to take the lead and say, hey, I want to stay connected with you. I don't want to lose you, but I don't want to be intrusive. I want to be helpful. I want to be supportive, but I don't want to be intrusive. Yeah. So what do you say we kind of come up with a game plan and then let's revisit it in a few weeks and see if it's working and then ask your student, would it make sense to do a, a once a night text? Would it make sense to do a phone call? Would you like, you know, what do you think? And then, Take it one step further and have them be the one to contact you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was thinking because that. what we don't realize in a typical year when they're going off to college, the campuses keep these kids so busy the first two weeks. They barely come up for air. That's by design. Because if you're active and meeting people and going places and doing things, you're not sitting in your room, getting in your own head, getting homesick. So there is a method behind it. And the folks on these campuses work so hard to engage and, and immerse your students into college life right from the get-go. That being said, I'm coming back to what I told you to remind me of. Um, well, you also have to have the conversation with your student that they can't just never call you. Yeah. <laughs> you're always going to have the extremes. I had one mom tell me she was a single mom of one son, her, her only baby. Mm-hmm. And they had the agreement that he would reach out to her and she'd give him some space and she dropped him off at school. She didn't hear anything the first day, didn't hear anything the second day, the third or the fourth. She's starting to get worried because what does her mom brain do? Oh my gosh, they're hurt. They're sick. There's something wrong. And so finally, after a week, she can't stand it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so she just sends him a text, says, Hey, everything okay? Doesn't hear anything. A couple more days go by. She's it's going on almost two weeks, and she's had it. Now she went from being worried and scared and sad to ticked off. Yeah. <laughs> so she called him and said, Hey honey, it's mom. I haven't heard from you. I'm starting to wonder if something's wrong. If I don't hear from you within the next hour, um, it's Friday. I'm going to pack my bags after work. I'll be up there by dinner time, and we're going to spend the weekend together. Guess how long it took for her to hear back? Like a minute. Good on her. <laughs> he was fine. He was Love meeting oh, with yeah. his friends and having a great time. He forgot to call his mother. He's a guy. So... Experts tell us, I have a a friend who's a college administrator who says, set up a plan, an agreement, talk Mm -hmm. about it ahead of time and say, if I do message you, and I'm not going to burden you and inundate you with messages, but if I do, even a text back with a a thumbs up emoji or an okay, just a sign of life (laughs) (laughs) until we can actually talk. But I expect something back within a set period of time. If I don't hear from you within 24 hours of me reaching out to you, I'm going to call campus security and have them do a well-being check. (laughs) And I will tell you this, campus security on every single campus I've worked with does that. So it's not unusual. But that's how you kind of set up the expectations and the Mm -hmm. boundaries, both for you and for them. And how to stay in touch so that you can be supportive without being intrusive. Yes. One little baby step of letting go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's easier said than done, of course. But uh, <laughs> it is. Of course. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I find that, I don't know if it's because it, they're guys, they, they seem to, you know, they become men in that way so quickly. And I've heard lots of moms, of <laughs> boys. I always hate to like feed into too much of the, yeah. the gender stereotyping and all that, but I will say historically, my my friends of who are moms of boys, it's a little less communication mm-hmm. than friends who are moms of girls. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. Tell me what is your number one self-care ritual? Like what do you love and what what do you what would you like to see other moms do? I would say my number one self-care ritual, and I think it's the most underrated self-care ritual ever, bold statement, I know. Mm-hmm. It's sleep. Mm-hmm. Is getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I learned about me is if I'm laying in my bed with my phone in my hand and I'm emails and I'm re-engaging my brain and then I do not fall asleep well. So I have gotten into the habit of leaving my phone out in the kitchen mm. and not in my bedroom. Unless, because I generally wake up because I go to bed fairly early. I wake up at the same time. If I know I have a hard and fast alarm time, I will set the alarm, but I turn the ringer off and I do not allow myself to look at my phone in the hour or two before bed. Right. Thank you. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and also your one parting word for moms. I really appreciate you coming on and talking and so freely. And what is your one parting word, big piece of advice for us? I would say you are not alone. Oh my gosh. You are not alone. Regardless of, of where you live or what you do or how many kids you have or whatever your partner situation is, you are not alone. And I just, that probably goes into, you had mentioned, I have other books out. My other book is, it's called Wonderful and it's Activate Your Inner Superpowers, No Cape Required. And that theme leads into that one. And it's as women, we are stronger together. Yes, definitely. Pick up the phone, phone a friend, ladies, Mm -hmm. phone a friend, because you're not in this alone. And as women, it is not, just our responsibility, but it's our joy and our opportunity to lift a sister up. Thank you. To be that person who helps somebody through a rough patch or a rough day. Yes. And just don't forget to celebrate the good stuff too. Yeah. I firmly believe in, in champagne on a Tuesday night, if a girlfriend has something to celebrate and it can be a little thing, but celebrate each other's successes and hold each other up strong during the challenging times. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And how can we get in touch with you? Like, Oh gosh, I would love it if you would. You can find, I've got a website if you want to start there. Okay. And it's, it's raddytowrite.com. It's R-A-D-I-T-O-W-R-I-T-E.com. Play on words as a writer, mm-hmm. Or you can find me on, I'm pretty active on Facebook at, at Kelly Ratty. Okay. Or um, I do a little bit on Instagram, not as much, Kelly Ratty. And then I'm active on LinkedIn as well. But you can okay. find all those on my website. And if you're so inclined and want to get to know me a little better, my books are available on Amazon. And, and at all the indie bookstores, we've got to support the indie businesses. Yes. Ask for them by name. If it's a bookseller, they can probably get them in. Yeah. To help those folks all that we can. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. I really enjoy speaking with you. (laughs) Anytime. Let's do it again. (laughs) Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. I'd like to repeat the Native American proverbs that said, those who tell their story rule the world. Tell your story on an upcoming episode of Solo Mums Talk. And if you think this podcast will help someone else, please share it with them. 
leave a review and subscribe so you'll know when new episodes become available. Thank you. I appreciate your support. Hello solo moms. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life. To see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry and parenting alone can be a lonely journey. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jenatjrosemarie.com or by calling plus one 917-994-1329 or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.